everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Comic Talk, the podcast. My name is Jesse Rivera. Today is Monday, October the 12th, and this is episode number 75 of Comic Talk, the podcast. Dude, I am super pumped about today's guest. Well, I'm actually kind of doing like a Back to Bakersfield series. Um, last week, I had Tara Christian Wiener on. She is a Sacramento, she is a Seattle-based comedian, but she grew up in Bakersfield. We talked a lot about Bakersfield. Today, episode 75, is Beth and Sammy Kay, the owner-operators uh, of Vintage, Revolution Vintage. They have a vintage store and a record label in Bakersfield, California, and they are doing some really cool stuff on vinyl. I'm so excited. We had the best talk. We talked, uh, and what's really cool is that I didn't realize when I first started paying attention to Revolution Vintage is that Sammy K is actually from New Jersey and Beth K is from Bakersfield and they are an amazing couple. They are doing some amazing things and I'm super excited about a couple of purchases that I have made from Revolution Vintage that should be coming to me very soon. I'll let them tell you all about that stuff. How's that? Because it's their story and they tell it very well. But we do talk a lot about the Bakersfield music scene, the Jersey Shore music scene, just music in general. Because like to quote our good friend Chris Bourbon, I just like music, man. I just like music. Um, dude, RIP Eddie Van Halen. I was not the, the biggest Van Halen fan. Like I had the essentials. I have the first Van Halen and I have Van Halen 1984. Great albums. I listen to the first Van Halen a lot more often than I listen to 1984. But as a lot of you know, I am a guitar heroes kind of guy. Love me some Carlos Santana. Love me some Stevie Ray Vaughan. I love Randy Rhodes. And it was just really tragic to hear that Eddie Van Halen passed away of cancer at 65. That's pretty fucking young to be dying, dude. So live every day like it's your last and cover your fucking face. How about that? We're still we're still in COVID. We're still in the lockdown. It's it's easing up. Like it's like we're getting we're doing really good. Like the cases are going down, the hospitalizations are going down. Now I'm just kind of worried that people are going to forget that there's still a pandemic and blah, 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 blah. I'll get off my COVID soapbox now. So I'll stop talking now because I'm super excited about this week's episode and I just want to get to it. Follow these guys on Instagram. Follow their webpage. Uh, just Google Revolution Vintage, right? I'm not going to try to spell out the uh, Instagram stuff and the, and the URLs for the webpage follow them they're doing some exciting things in bakersfield and like i said i am jesse rivera this is episode 75 of comic talk the podcast i appreciate you i love you take care of each other i'll talk to you soon bye sammy and beth how the hell are you guys nice to meet you guys yeah, yeah nice, nice to, to meet, meet you. you. Too. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, thanks for uh, thanks for agreeing to do this because, like, I I know we don't we don't know each other, right? But I grew up in Bakersfield. Well, I, I grew up in Lamont, right? Okay. So we had the whole. Are we going into town? Who's going into town today? Let me get. Yeah, okay. If, even if you're in Lamont, you're in Arvin. You're in. You live in Bakersfield. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because once they closed the Safeway down <laughs> in Arvin. Um, yeah, we always went into Bakersfield, and um, I moved to Sacramento about seven years ago. I love Sacramento, but one thing I will always tell Sacramentans is that you guys can't touch Bakersfield's music scene. You can't do it. Yeah, like, like Bakersfield's music scene is amazing, and I love I love to I love to describe it as like you could go out on a Thursday night at seven o'clock. And watch just this badass, like roots kind of rock reggae band, sound sounding band. Go to another bar at nine o'clock and see like this heavy metal band, and then go to another bar at eleven o'clock. And the lead singer from that first band is now on drums and is playing <laughs> like yeah. some jazz fusion stuff. And like you kind of see like the same five guys kind of floating around everywhere. You're like, 
Weren't you the guy? Weren't you, you know, and yeah. uh, my dogs. Hold on a second. Hey, knock it off. I did too. Elsie. <laughs> oh, man. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's home. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about what, I mean, there's a lot to tell. So I don't know, maybe you know lay what? some groundwork and then we'll get into it. <laughs> Where do we even start? Um, I know, right? So I'm Beth. Um, I started Revolution Vintage um, about two years ago uh, as a vintage clothing shop. Um, I started it online and then I had a great opportunity to rent a space inside Throwback Junction shortly after that. So I set up shop and I've been running that about two years now. And then uh, about three months ago, yeah, about three, ago. three to four months ago, um, Sammy was doing some record stuff and with his own records and helping a couple other people out. And we just were like, we could do this for reals. Like we could do this for reals. And so we added the label to the brand mm -hmm. and here we well, are. Your buttons. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, Beth, I, I saw you wrote somewhere that you had once dreamed of working for Third Man Records. Yeah, like oddly, like, like not even like ironically, I'm like wearing the shirt. Oh, look at that. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was that was my absolute dream. I wanted to be part of the process. Um, I have been listening to vinyl records since I was a kid. Um, and when my, my father passed when I was... Uh, like almost two years old. And so I never, I never knew him, but I had his record collection. And so you knew him now, now you're, now you're learning about him, right? Yeah. And yes. that's so growing up, I list, I had a record player and I listened to these records all the time. And it was so weird to me that like no one else listened to records, you know, like it was like a weird thing. Like, cause I was, you know, elementary school, junior high, and no one had any clue what, you know, like records were. And, uh, I just, that's, that was so normal to me and I loved it. And I loved finding, finding one and putting it on for the first time and just became super obsessed with, oh my God, you can get these like variant colors and you can get like yes. all these different things. And it just became like this hunt and it's just, I loved the process of it. And what Third Man did for vinyl records was so crazy because he really just said, how can we just take this record and take it further? Like, what are the things we could do with it? And I just was just obsessed with everything he was doing. And I was like, I want to be part of that process. Like, I want to do weird things. Like, he was putting out, like, he put out uh, Karen Nelson's record. And it smelled like peach. It was a peach record that smelled like peach. And it was like, what? And, like, he released the, the Jay-Z Magna Carta album where it was like, you had to cut the jacket in order to get a secret track flexi out of the like i wanted to do that like i wanted to be the label peel too yeah it was just like there's so many crazy things and i was like what and like i just i wanted to do that i wanted to be part of that process i wanted to make vinyl records that were so cool to people that it made them appreciate this and, way of listening to music and i remember uh in third man records for those who don't know is jack white of the white stripes record label that he started in Nashville. Is it in Nashville? Like Nashville studio? Yeah, yeah, in Nashville, Tennessee. And I remember like when the White Stripes were like just hitting and it was yeah. like probably was like that. 94, 96. And I remember just reading about like all of the stuff that he was doing that he planned to do with vinyl. And I remember this is like mid nineties and I was like, who the fuck cares about vinyl anymore? <laughs> Yeah, right. But I mean, I was interested, but I was like, this is not, I was like, he's truly like a, like an Andy Warhol type creative guy yeah. that just like, yeah, he just does whatever he wants. And I was like, I don't know if it's going to be successful. Like, I really thought that, but yeah. probably shows why I haven't started a business because <laughs> look at the, look at the vinyl resurgence now. And where is yeah. this um, marketplace that you have the, the shop set up? Is it you, you're calling it, where, where did you say the shop is? Like, so is, we, we have a space inside of Throwback Junction. Yeah, exactly. what's Throwback Junction? So Throwback Junction is a local thrift vintage store. Um, it's at 1018 18th Street. Um, I've been working with them for 
a little over a year now. Um, and they, they have, like, I have a space in there that uh-huh. I kind of like, you know, subrent, you know, as like a thing. And it's just kind of, we've grown to have an awesome partnership with them. Is that up like by where the old Montgomery Ward Plaza was or up like where? No, like, um, it's like on the way to Cafe Smitten. Like when okay. you go past like Rice Bowl and Billy's. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's it's over there. It's 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 down that way on 18th. Oh, it's down that way on 18th Street. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So like if you're going up Chester and you're gonna hang a you're gonna hang a right, not a left on 18th yeah, you Street. Hang a right on 18th from Chester. It's gonna be on your left town side. Awesome. It's, it's like two blocks. It's like two block blocks past Billy's. At, and two blocks from um if you're walking down trucks and Walk two blocks left from Rabobank. Mm-hmm. It's right there. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, that's, that's a nice area. That that's like that whole area is coming up, right? Yeah, it's like it's like an up and coming. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that exciting? <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's cool. cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Like it's 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 been really cool to be able to have an actual physical space. Yeah. Yeah. You set everything up and have all these things and visions I have because I wanted to open a vintage store since I was thirteen years old. And wow to see like be able to like actually have that and like have that space be able to do that has been really awesome. Uh-huh. What are some of your dad's favorite records that that you like kind of like are the hidden gems of your dad's collection where you're like, wow, this this really, really reminds me of him or this this really hits a spot in my childhood or my teenage years. Um so uh Carol King. Absolutely he loved Carol King. Uh-huh. Um so that was Carol King uh <laughs> Um, he was a real big uh, Willie Nelson guy. Okay. My mother, my mother will tell you to this day if Willie Nelson's bus pulled up, she'd be gone. That was it. You know, <laughs> you know she loves him. Uh, so those those are really the ones. Like my my dad really liked um, female songwriters. So that was always like really big to me. Um, growing up, like, and listening to those is really like he loved the female singers and he, he really supported them. And, um, yeah, it just, it, it, like, it drove me to want to do the same thing, you know, like, yeah. You know, when, when I was growing up, I didn't have that appreciation for the female songwriter. Like I was uh, like, I, and I realized that when I look at my record collection that I didn't get that appreciation for the female songwriter until the nineties. Like mm-hmm. when like Alanis Morissette and like Jewel and like Sarah McLaughlin and all of those artists. The Little Fair Crew. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Little Fair Crew. Yes. <laughs> I went. To, I went to all three of those. They were so. Oh my much gosh. Fun. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you, you. So you. You have this fascination for vintage. You start the vintage, and then you realize that you could bridge Sammy's love of of like what he's doing with his music into the whole revolution vintage thing right so what yeah what how, how did how did that start and tell us a little bit about like the whole because you guys are doing lathe cut records and right and, mm-hmm. and that's something that i had to research the other day and um like probably the night before i messaged you guys like i was like what is this lathe cut because like i had heard the whole third man process right of how even like how he has that that special recording studio where he could lay down a live record. Have you, do you yeah. have any of his live records like straight to? I, I, I just, have, I don't have any of the straight. I have two seven inches that, so at third man, they have a booth that has a little guitar in it and you can go and record a song. Oh, wow. That like I have two of them that I did. Oh, you do? Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. It's literally like a phone booth with the same machine that we, that our, Cutter uses to make records. Okay, so d- tell us about lathe cut and like how you uh, may- maybe even walk us through like your whole process of like I'm gonna do this. I'm interested. I'm I got the machine. I'm gonna cut my first lathe cut. Yeah. So the whole point of the label kind of started because I'm I don't want to go on tour anymore. Um, gotcha. I just I've been doing it for a very long time and and I. Uh, I'm tired, man. I'm burnt out. And, uh, and we got married and, and there's some kids involved now. And, and, and I, you know, I'd rather be dad than be rock star. Man, that's fair. So this whole really started, the whole label kind of really started as a means for me to have my foot in the industry 
in some facet. So I'm not just like stuck on glory days. Like I can still be working. I can still help bands. I can still um, hang out with my, my buds. You know, a majority, if not all, all the records are, are our friends. Okay. So, so, so we started doing these late, the late cut records. Um, so there are these essentially like, you know, a wood lathe, you, you know, you, it spins and you cut it in and you, yeah. see, you make your, base, your baseball bat or your table leg. Uh-huh. So the same concept is done. It's all the records are cut in, um, in real time. So the side A is 18 minutes and 40 seconds. It takes 18 minutes and 40 seconds for them to make that side of the record. Okay. Um, they're made on uh, polycarbonate discs. Um, and uh, our buddy Tony in uh, Easton, Pennsylvania has, I think he has seven machines running right now. Um, and uh, that's what he does. He just makes these records. Um, and they're, so you, you first. And, yeah, they're beautiful. I have, I have. Danny <clears throat> Rebel? I have this one right here, yeah. Yeah, and I love the whole the whole packaging is so great because it's it's so it's so simple, but it's yeah. it has that homemade feel, and it really has that. Well, I don't have one. I don't need to say it has that independent feel because it is absolutely independent. And to think that an independent mm-hmm. label could put something this beautiful out in in twenty twenty, like if you did, you couldn't have thought to have done this like five years ago. Yeah. Right. This would have set you back so many resources and just so much money, and it just yeah. it, it wouldn't have happened, right? But now, like just with this, like this dream, and uh, my favorite Spanish word, these ganas, to to get something <laughs> done, you guys are doing it, and I I couldn't wait to. You guys sent me this one, and you guys sent me another twelve inch. Uh, the the guy from New York, Vic. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, well, so that Danny record is is the oddity of the of the label um so i just ran a grab record so all the sure. we do i uh i hand print all the jackets on brown cardstock wow like same with the 10 inch um and then <laughs> and then the lp so that danny is a really phenomenal artist and danny asked to do that painting that he painted that cover so danny and is and farewell space cadet are the only two yeah so danny hand painted that um okay um and he wanted to use that as a cover so we said sure of course yeah and where where's danny from because that that has a very very bakersfield vibe doesn't it <laughs> totally it is he's from yeah. uh, a neighborhood called verdun it's uh it's about five miles outside of city center montreal oh it's wow essentially like the brooklyn to uh new york city that's awesome that's awesome um, what made you guys, and, and you, I, I think Beth, you kind of hinted at it one time, but there was a post on Facebook about something, something, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I would love to see a, a Bakersfield, uh, project of putting all of the old best Bakersfield bands on vinyl. And you commented, we might have something for you. And then it was about a week or so later that you guys announced the the project that you guys are kind of working on now. You guys yeah. want to talk about that? I mean, we definitely got to talk about that because, <laughs> because I, I have a, I have a list of what I would love to see on vinyl. <laughs> let's see that list. Get it out. Let's, well, let's, let's, let's hear you guys talk about what you're doing first. Then I'm going to talk, then I'm going to bring my list of one, two, three, four, five, six, six, <laughs> six projects. I'd love to see on vinyl. So I was talking with a friend of mine who was talking about wanting to help um, a local business. And he was like, you know, we were kind of thinking, you know, he had this, he had this unreleased record and he was like, you know, we're kind of thinking about maybe um, putting it out there and, and selling it, you know, and helping them out. And I was like, well, that's really cool. You know, and we can, you know, if we would love to help you with that. And then I kind of was just like, what if we did this with other bands? in town, you know, and cause there's a lot of businesses that are, you know, our friends and people, you know, that were involved in the music industry and stuff that had shutdowns because of the pandemic and stuff like that. And I was like, what if we took these bands that people 
loved and still love to this day and released them and were able to, to help out our friends, you know, that are, that are closed down because I feel like Bakersfield thrives on its, on its, its music history and not just like the, the Buck Owens history, but like, like I call, like I, like when I talk to Sam about it, like I say, like the gate days, you know, and stuff yes. like that, where it's, there was so much music being put out. And like you said, like this guy was in this band, but then he was also in this band. And then like, and everyone played. Mikey Lee. Yeah. Like, Mikey Lee. <laughs> Mikey Lee in every band, you know, in every band, you know, like, um, but it, everyone just worked so well together and had all these things and didn't just sit on them and didn't just say like, you know, yeah, that'd be cool. If we just kind of like, no, everyone did it. Like everyone was like, let's get together. Let's put this music out there. And the shows were always so great. And I feel like over the years, it's kind of, I wouldn't say like died out, but you know, venues shut down, certain promoters were no longer here and stuff like that. And it definitely got smaller. It definitely got smaller and it got, and it got pushed more of like the bar scene where you had to be 21 in order to go see these shows and stuff like that. And I was hearing a lot of people just talk about, you know, like, oh, the music scene, just no, it's not like what it was, you know, it's nothing like what it was. And we, it's not gonna change unless you make the change. You have the ability to bring that back, you know? And that's what I've, I've always thought. And I've always wanted to find some way to get that going again and to get people excited about making music with each other and having these shows and, you know, bringing this, this camaraderie back. Because really, like, <laughs> essentially, if you see now, like those people that were there at the gate and there at Jerry's in that time are still family to this day and still yeah. make music to this day. And it really just, it really brought that kind of, Thing in this community and I wanted to really when I put that post out there of like if an old band put out a record you who would you want to see to really see like and get people talking again of this scene that used to happen and what people wanted and we just kind of went from there and you know I was like you know these, these are the bands that people really want to see and we're gonna we're gonna start out and do these releases and we contacted everyone and everyone was on board right away and super excited, super excited about it. they were just like wow like i can't believe like you're you're like you're having us you know be part of this we're like yeah you're great you know like you you're great and you were a huge force in this scene so um and we're slowly um doing the same in the next month and a half for new jersey where i'm from um, oh, there's wow. a, couple of, a couple of bands that just stumbled on unreleased you know demos and stuff that i've, I've been friends with forever and looked up to and uh, we're about to do in the next month and a half the second version, the East Coast version. The East Coast version. That's mm -hmm. exciting. Um, and how hard is the process of like so? The record, uh, like, what are they giving you these recordings on? I, I doubt that they have them like on, on, on tape. Or I mean, uh, I'm sure they have it like on DAT or MP3. How are they? How are they handing over the the, the sounds? We get the waves. Okay. Send wave files and. Um, Delayed cuts are mono, so some of them I have a buddy. We do a test press, see how it sounds. Mm -hmm. Some we have to fold the master to make it mono to sound better. Some of them just sound great as is. Wow, wow. Um, the late cut, the late cuts run about eighty percent fidelity. So there's a little extra crickles and crackles, like how you heard on yours, and uh -huh. but that's because we're using seventy-five year old machines, you know, <laughs> rebuilt seventy-five year old machines. And so the, this first batch of Bakersfield bands is, uh, it's uh, Red Adair, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Mission Tonight. Mm -hmm. And I'm forgetting the last one. Aerial Space Cadet. Aerial Space Cadet. Okay, okay. You know what? I, I so, okay, so I was on the music scene, like I was watching it really good. Uh, the early 90s, like when Mental Brew first got formed mm -hmm. and there was all these great shows at, at uh, was it? bam bam still at that point mm -hmm. and then i got into a really bad meth addiction and i kind of just like fell out of the scene like i still knew everybody but i i would rather be like in someone's garage doing meth instead of going out yeah. and seeing shows and it was like in about 2003 2004 that i kind of like came out of the woodworks and i started seeing bakersfield bands again and I saw like one of the, 
the first time, and it was probably one of their last shows, and it was at Strammer Park. Maybe it was a Rock and Roots festival. I saw Mission Tonight, and they fucking blew me away. I was just like, God dang, these guys are amazing. And then that just really, then then I started like a local music blog, and I was writing about all the local Bakersfield bands. And I came around, I came on like at a really great time because like, like I said, unfortunately, like Mission Tonight was kind of like, uh, was kind of finishing at that point. But like Gramercy Rith, The Filthies, mm-hmm. Stereo Tactic, Diary, yeah. all yeah. of those bands were hitting at that point. Yeah. And it was a really great time. So this brings me to my list right here. <laughs> yeah, let's hear the list. So here's my list. I would love to see an album of The Filthies. Mm-hmm. Now, the Filthies, they had great recordings on their website. They, had, they also had the best website at the time. It was like, a, it was like a, a, a picture of an amplifier. And then you clicked on the different knobs of the amplifier to take you to like the live shows, the, the, the audio. And those audio, <laughs> those audio recordings were great. But then when they put out their, when they put out their, 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 their CD, they re-recorded some of the some of the songs and they sounded a little bit different. I would love a filthies with those original audio recordings of like the, those songs are great, like Donut Shop. Um, I can't even think of all the titles right now. I would love uh, a vinyl of Gramercy Riffs, uh, Candid or Op- Candid or Optimism. I can't remember the name of the album, mm-hmm. but they put out a great CD. And it had, I can't remember the song titles, but I played that CD over and over and over and over again. I also think that um, the Iron Outlaws put out a CD like in 2006, 2007, and it's freaking perfection. Yeah, the Iron and, Outlaws. Right? And I, I yeah. think about once every, right? No. Like I think about once every. Oh, yeah. I think about once every 18 months, I email Cesario and I'm like, Cesario, it's still not on Spotify or iTunes. What is going on? And he'll respond like, soon, brother, soon. And I'm like, all right. It's a good Cesario impersonation. One of the best soon, I've ever brother, heard. Soon. And then um, I think that uh, the only way to do mental brew justice is a mental brew live at Sandrini's. Um, like it has to be like a live album. Was there a live at Sandrini's record? They have like a live, uh, there's some live tracks of them at from Slow Brewery, uh, like in the early, like mid to early 90s um, that they have out. There's off, there's a seven inch of it. Uh, some tiny label put it out. Um, and I think that Jace, why haven't Jay Smith and Chris Bourbon done some kind of project together or maybe they have and i just don't so, know about it chris chris is part of the family chris does as much work as me and beth do with revolution vintage really well he's the, he's the unsung that the the, <laughs> the, the the soft quiet hero I, you know what and, and he he does so much and um i i had the, the greatest talk with chris uh unfortunately at um the funeral service for uh, Joe Vasquez, our brother, Joe mm-hmm. Vasquez. And um, he was telling me about meeting Joe and playing with Joe and just playing music. And he finished he finished the conversation by looking at me and we both just had tears in our eyes. And he looked at me and he's like, I just love music, man. I just love music. And that is such a, that like, that really endeared me. Like I loved Chris before that. But that really endeared him like a little brother to me. And I, ever since he said that, like I pay real close attention to like the care and precision and the love that he puts into everything he does. Absolutely. And yeah, he, he, he deserves some kind of like, something needs to be, we need to be able to, we need to be able to hold something of Chris's. And but it's, um, and I it's, think it should, and I think it should be a side board. project with Jay Smith. <laughs> yeah. Jay Smith is great. I just met Jay the other day. We did some shirts for him. Um, oh really? Yeah. I'm excited and, to see them at the live stream next week. And then just some bands that that I that I thought of while you were talking, um, the Bird Channel. When you when you mentioned uh, the Gate, uh, the Bird Channel, like Missy Wiggins band, and then mm-hmm. um, goddamn, Ty Elam could have a whole box set. Uh, yeah, like. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was like one of the things that um like we were kind of talking about because uh I like when like I was excited to show him like Bones of Brundage and you know so he could learn about mm-hmm. our past seated stuff and then in talking about like these older bands I was like we've got to do something like that's like I would love personally I would love to do like a Cradle of Thorns release under the thing like I would love it they sell on eBay like I see Cradle of Thorns stuff on eBay and discogs all the time and Mm -hmm. I and I and I can't bring myself to buy it because like in the back of my head I'm thinking there's going to be something eventually that's gonna that's going to be I mean I'm not knocking these these uh these you know 92 93 pressings of uh, cradle of thorns with uh, the girl on the cover right remember mm-hmm. the the that's like a red cover mm-hmm. and she's uh she's at the union cemetery uh the, the girl on the cover um i'm not knocking those but i know that there's going to i just know that there's going to be something in the future that's going to do that whole era justice and that yeah. that because i don't really play like i have a handful of cd's but i don't i don't really play them like i went back to vinyl mm-hmm. about five years ago and I and I haven't I haven't looked back and and to hear that you guys are doing this project I just was like beside myself and I talked my poor roommate's ear off <laughs> who's a who I love her to death but she's a millennial from Sacramento and she's like she loves music and everything but it's just like the whole Bakersfield sound thing it, it just kind of doesn't it doesn't hit her you know yeah like yeah. the way it does us obviously yeah yeah I've, and that's and that's like a lot of people like they don't like you you hear a lot of shit being talked about Bakersfield you know and you say you tell anyone you're like oh I'm from Bakersfield and they're like I'm sorry yeah, you know? yeah but but like they don't really understand that like oh like Bakersfield's a powerhouse for music you know because we have like I said that thing of that family aspect where everyone's playing with each other everyone's learning from each other everyone has these ideas and they're like let's put them together and everyone works with each other and supports each other and that's mm-hmm. huge that's huge to have and it's not it's not it's not everyone you know well you know my band's gonna be better than yours my band's gonna do more of this like no everybody works together and it just it makes it amazing yeah there really was that sammy is new is where you're from in new jersey is it similar to that because like new jersey doesn't uh, have it's it's highly illegal for me to tell you how good new jersey is (laughs) somebody will show up and 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 assassinate me if i tell you (laughs) new jersey's the exact same thing everybody if you drive if you've ever been to new jersey and you're not from new jersey you take the one road with the oil refineries on both sides but before i came out here i was living five doors in from the ocean and a state forest was a mile west of me wow that's crazy and it's beautiful and it's gorgeous and the music scene there is is very similar to bakersfield um it's pretty incestuous, especially the Asbury Park scene um, with the singer-songwriter circle. Like, you know, there's one fiddle player everybody uses, a lot like Bakersfield with Jordan Bellardes, right? Uh-huh. There's one, there's two guys that play that can play pedal steel or lap steel, and they're on in every project. And there's one really great double bass player. But um, yeah, the Jersey music scene is very, very beautiful. Um, and uh, right now, the Americana thing is is thriving and there's a great there's always been a great punk scene and and um i think if i say any more somebody will actually <laughs> uh, that, that's crazy I, I i'm a huge uh springsteen fan and when i was i i read his book recently uh when it came out about a year ago and he talks about like how when, when he's describing the jersey bar scene of like how much work they were able to get like from Thursday through like, I think he said like from Thursday night through Saturday night that they could do like 16 sets, like, you know, like yeah. three sets a night and how like this, the work was just nonstop in, in every bar and how they didn't have to drive a long way in order to hit so many, like it really did remind me a lot of like how he was describing it of yeah. like the whole, uh, oh dude, it's the freaking Joe Biden fly. Um, <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, it's very much like uh, Bakersfield in the sense that you were saying you can see a great reggae band at six o'clock. They're going to be on the boardwalk in front of Pop's garage, and then you can walk literally ten doors up, and then there's going to be another. Then then you can see the bigger bands playing at the Stone Pony and House of Independence has something going on, and every little bar there's 
there's music everywhere and, uh-huh. and it's all really amazing um the difference the main difference i see from the bars scene here in bakersfield and jersey is that there's there's a lot of co- bands that are mixing in they're doing a three-hour set with two hours with the covers yeah and in jersey it seems to switch there's a, a lot a lot more originals in those sets people mm-hmm. and people are more receptive to the originals in asbury park and jersey bakersfield loves their cover bands yeah yeah (laughs) which is great you know which is it's you know that's the that there's people that that's that that's great you know like they're still getting to play and that's awesome you know but bakersville definitely loves their cover bands it's the same up here there's a there's a a a bar out by the river and they always have like a, a tom petty cover band or like a fleetwood mac cover band the Tom Petty cover band is like that's that's the shit right now. Like, <laughs> like no, nobody wants to go out. And I was like, oh my god, there's a Tom Petty cover band, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, well, I, 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 my life goal is to start a, a Tom Petty cover band and also Johnny Cash cover band. Um, and where you play the Johnny Cash songs like Tom Petty and the Tom Petty songs like Johnny Cash. <laughs> Just so I can have a band that I can call Petty Cash. <laughs> That's it. That's really my life goal at this point. Start Petty Cash. That sounds great. That sounds great. I, I would love a, uh, well, you know, uh, just cover projects. Um, shoot, man. Um, the Deacon Blues and the Abbey Roadies in, in Bakersfield. Did you guys ever catch one of those guys? No. Oh, guy, I would go to all Chris Abby Carlton. Chris Carlton. I couldn't remember his name Chris for a second. Yeah, he's Chris Carlton is one of the best people in this freaking town, honestly. And um, just the love for like, the genuine love for music that guy has is just like, have you ever just sat and had a conversation with him? It's just um, some of my favorite conversations are with Chris Carton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, Abby Rhodes were killer. Abby Rhodes were absolutely killer. And I was fortunate enough to get to uh, a couple years ago um, for the Sandrini's um, New Year's Eve event. We got to do like a live band karaoke kind of. They like had this thing set up um, where the karaoke regulars from Thursday Night Karaoke got to sing one of their songs with the band oh my god are you kidding me oh god it was it was amazing because we had this karaoke family you know elisa would do karaoke at sandrina's every thursday and we had this little family that would go every single thursday and it was great and they're like for new year's eve like you get to do one of your your main karaoke songs with the band and it was just like what and um what'd you do um oh darling Oh, that's, God. Like, that's, that's a like, great that's one. My favorite, my favorite one to do. Um, so I was fortunate to get to do that one um, and another one with them. Uh, and so I, I felt like I was like, <laughs> like I'm in the Abbey Roadies right now. Like, it was so good. Like, it was so good. They're great. Yeah, the Abbey Roadies and the, and the Deacon Blues, like, th- those are not easy bands to cover because, like, um, especially the, the later Beatles, because they, they wanted their music to be more complicated. Like they wanted to stop touring and they wanted to really geek out in the studio. So mm-hmm. like when, when, they, when they put together, uh, when they did the Sgt. Peppers, uh, they did Sgt. Pepper from beginning to end. And like Chris talked about like having to buy and learn how to play like these different instruments. Like yeah. just the instrumentation was spot on. I'm like, yeah. who the hell does that for like a cover band show, right? <laughs> but these guys and is so talented. Man, Sammy, did you get Sammy, when did you when did you land in Bakersfield? Like how did you uh, how'd you end up here? Uh, I played a show and I met this girl with orange hair next to me, and I I moved out as soon as possible. You played a show and you didn't have gas money, huh? Yeah, pretty much. I I, it, I actually got a flat tire and got stuck here. Uh huh. That's uh, always the story. No, I, I was on I was on a tour and I had met Beth at a show, and um, there was something special about her. And then over the next couple months, um, I'm I'm smitten. I'm, I was I'm a smitten kitten, man. I uh. I packed up and I left Jersey. And- yeah, we, we we met up again in uh, Vegas for punk rock bowling and got married three days later in Vegas. Was there ever any talk of 
Beth leaving Bakersfield for New Jersey, no. or was it? No. Always- I mean, there's there's folklore. There's there's me hoping one day we can go back. I mean, I'd love to. I was I was fortunate enough to get to go to the East Coast last year for the first time, and I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, uh, but no, I mean, like you know, we have the kids and stuff, and you uh-huh. know, once once you know the youngest gets a little bit older, like Ren talks about it, but. For now, Bakersfield is home. Yeah. Bakersfield ain't bad. I mean, no, it's, bad it's, not. it's not bad. It's not bad. You know it's what? what? You make it. What, what, every time I talk to somebody on the podcast about Bakersfield, we end up talking about the food. <laughs> like, <laughs> great. What do I you think of the cuisine? I can't find a good cheesesteak. <laughs> okay, fair. I'll give you that. I can't find a good cheesesteak. Um, there isn't a Jewish deli in town. And I'm like, a, 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 my family, they're all Brooklyn Jews, man. There, there's not that kind of pastrami here. Right, you're um, absolutely right. And uh, it's sad to say, but Rusty's is the best pizza in town. This is the second podcast in a row we're talking about Rusty's pizza. Um, Rusty's yeah. pizza is, it is, well, right. I didn't, I went to New York uh, about two years ago. And the first thing I wanted when I got to New York City was like, I wanted a slice of pizza from a street corner. And I was like, oh my and God. Any street corner is a thousand times better than. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, it absolutely oh, is. You're there just to show you that. Two pieces of pizza? No. Two we, or did we we, one no, as soon as, as soon as we got there, we had a hot dog. Okay. And we went, to a, we went to a Broadway show. And as soon as the show was done, we went and had the slice of pizza. Yeah, the first thing I had was a slice of pizza, and then the next day I think I had two hot dogs. I had a sandwich from a Jewish deli. Yeah, and and I we I did. Got, we went and got cheesecake. Yeah, at, we went and got cheesecake at Juniors. Um, okay. Oh no, at Carmine's. We went to Carmine's and got mm-hmm. cheesecake. You know what I miss about Bakersfield uh, that I cannot find in Sacramento is like I can't find good biscuits and gravy in Sacramento. Oh, yeah. That's a weird thing that's like here and not in most places in California too. I think yeah. that's the Oki, the Oki. That's the Oki, yeah. That's the that's the Mexican Oki thing is like uh, you get uh, biscuits and gravy and they're not going to look at you funny when you put tapatillo sauce on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> My family thrives on biscuits and gravy, man. That's all we had growing and up. And tapatillo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's it? What's some of the records that you that you grabbed a little while ago and you're you're showing us? Uh, what do we got here? We got the Appletons um, new record. I love this one. Um, came out cool. It's, it's just so nice. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. So that one just came out. Uh, this is a band that myself and um, a bunch of guys from a band called the Slackers and our friend Happy are in. Uh, it's called Sick and Mad. It's really avant-garde and Beastie Boysy. Um, like early like, punk Beastie Boysy, or like like yeah yeah, yeah. okay uh, like Egg Ray on Mojo kind of yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's a super lo-fi record. We did it in a basement, and it was the second time I got to record with them, but the first time they let me do whatever the hell I wanted. Okay. So instead of using a drum kit, we used a bucket of chains on a song and, and we're banging on piano benches. Um, Very Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, let me be, they let me make the Swordfish Trombone Tom Waits record with a punk band. Um, That's awesome. Those are the ones that I think we have in stock, stock right now. The, uh-huh. the way we work is we make records and we sell them out. Because <laughs> we do limited runs. Yeah. Think yeah. about pieces that everything is DIY. Everything is handmade and everything is very limited. So when you're when you're getting this record, you're getting like this collectible piece, essentially. Definitely, definitely. I am so looking forward to, to owning that mission. So I ordered a mission tonight, um, and uh, and the other day I ordered a uh, I ordered a a tote bag. Yeah. So that's coming, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I already got the yeah, tracking. That's yeah. Coming. yeah. Yeah. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Yeah. We've just been. It's been kind of wild. It's been wild to kind of see like all the the merch and the things on the, you know, going out. So it, was it, how did it feel the first time that you guys put up uh, uh, an LP and it sold out? And how how long did it take for it to sell out? The fastest one was the Pie Tasters live record that we just did, and that was three hours. Less than three hours, and we, we moved sold a hundred in less than three. In hours. less than three hours. Wow. 
and I'm it looking was, at it on your Instagram page over here. Yeah, that was that 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 was wild. That was that was really the moment for me of going like, wow, like we're actually doing something like to work with, it's like to be able to work with the pie tasters. And at that point, did you already have a hundred pressed, or you had you had supplies to press a hundred? Like, um, actually, we have somebody that does all the records for us, a dear okay. friend. So, uh, we just we essentially just call our friends and and bands that we like and cold call some people, um, and say, hey, we want to do this. We're going to run it as a pre order, and we will give you X amount of money, um, uh-huh. which is. A lot of money. We we don't like we don't take we take enough money to like pack to pay for pizzas for pack days and shipping supplies and um so the whole point about doing this and why it really jumped was because we wanted to help all of our friends that are stuck without work. Yeah. Um so many friends like uh like the pie teasters, they just bought a, a new van like two weeks before quarantine. Uh-huh. There's no you know, there's, there's no shows. There's it's, no. It's been eight. It's they haven't played a show mm-hmm. this year, right? And how do you, you know? Everybody has studio spaces and, and the bigger bands have storage units, and um, this is our way of sort of helping our our friends, but also trying to get our favorite records in our collection. Yeah, and doing yeah. it and doing it the pre-order way, it makes it so they're not having to front a bunch of money yeah. in order to get these records out because they sell themselves in the process. Right. Right. So they and can put it out and, and it, it's, it's so that they don't have to do anything out of pocket and it's, it's strictly helping them make some money. And now, in, in, in all the cases, right. It's stuff that they already had recorded, right. It's like, no, like, some of it is new. Some of it is brand new. Uh, the Appletons was a new record. Okay. Uh, the Vic and the fourth rights live the bootleg has been around but it hasn't been out in a while uh-huh that's a set from like 15 years ago next scars is one new song it's it's an old song and then an acoustic version that was new um danny rebel came out about two weeks before we pressed the vinyl okay it, um uh the pie tasters that's the first time outside of a live stream they did that music's available um over at the board there yeah <laughs> um there's three there's two brand new records for october that are coming out and one that never got released on vinyl uh december is a couple of uh, very old records from uh texas rock and roll bands and punk bands that uh, never came out we got a lot of records coming out um, that's exciting that's exciting this is just this, this is just the beginning right here right yeah and the cool thing with having them be only 50 presses or 25 presses we can put out eight to ten records in a month because they're gone in a couple hours like stop the presses sold out in a day and a half, a day and a half yeah. uh, so and we we agree to only make x amount of records we all kind of decide um uh, with a max of a hundred, no more than a hundred. Yeah, yeah. But even for that, like for the Appletons, they we made a hundred records. We split it up into two pressings, so they have, the jackets are different and the colors of the labels are different. So that basically is a second pressing, right? Um, some things like the pie tasters, we knew we were going to do a hundred, so we just ran a hundred. Um, and now we're trying to work it a little different, where like. The two new records that were smaller presses are 25 and 50. I already paid from there at the press so that they are getting done. So there's no less lag time. Uh-huh. Um, so like our Halloween release, like we'll be shipping that day. Yeah. Um, so there's not as much of a wait. Because we're going to have a Halloween release. Because we got to have a Halloween release. <laughs> yeah. You, sounds, sounds about right. Yeah. Definitely got to have a Halloween release. Um, Sammy, I wanted to talk about you really quick. Uh, what was it like getting uh, uh, recognized and, and uh, spoken about by Rolling Stone magazine? What was that like? What did that <laughs> hit you out of the blue? Did, was it was it something like, oh, they talked to me a year and a half ago, and it finally, like, what? How did that? I wrote happen? a note to somebody on Twitter that I figured that I realized was following me. Uh, it was like, oh my god you're the guy that writes these articles. Is it cool 
if I send you my song? Can you can you just give me a I didn't ask like can you put it in Rolling Stone? I was like, can you just give the seven inch a listen and let me know if it's cool, if it's worth uh just your opinions, right? Uh-huh. And, uh, I emailed to him a couple of days went by and then he emailed me back and said, These songs are great. What can I do to help? Are you serious? Did you how many times did you read that? A couple times. <laughs> um and then um yeah, waking up and having it. Uh, I work with adults with special needs here, and I'm sitting in class uh, working with him, and uh, my phone starts vibrating, and it goes for like five minutes because the post went up, and uh, it was just it's so cool. Um, that's that's everybody in, in a band's dream is you know to be on the cover of the Rolling Stone, right? <laughs> I just re- I just rewatched Almost Famous the other night. Yeah, that's exactly what was going on through my head. We watched, like, we watched it. Stone. I watched it the day <laughs> before it was because I knew it was going to come out that Friday and like or um, or that Monday and like I knew the estimated time and I feel like Thursday um, Sunday night we ended up watching it or I watched it while you were out doing something and it was uh-huh. just it's just it's wild. That's congratulations, man. That that is awesome. I when when I was a kid. Uh, Rolling Stone magazine was my growing up in Lamont, growing up in Bakersfield. It was my outlet to like yeah. what real rock and roll was, you know. Yeah, I had that and subscription for it's years. Still as my a kid. outlet to what real like I literally check Rolling Stone every day. Like I pay for the digital edition, um, so I can see all the articles and read about everything going on. I, I paid for the digital edition a couple years ago because I wanted to reread some of the old articles that I remembered reading when i was a freshman sophomore in high school like mm-hmm. like i still like i what whatever anthony de curtis told me to buy i bought yeah. you know and and and, and I, I absolutely trusted their opinion you know whenever joseph hudek i think that's how you say his name he does a lot of the country and the americana stuff okay where he posts anything i i make sure to read it and give it a listen because mm-hmm. that's how i found out about tyler childers and i really fell in love with Sturgill simpson and Isbel and all those Ameri- bigger Americana guys, like yeah, and even the little guys. I found mm-hmm. out through him. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a trip to 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 realize that you were that you were from New Jersey and not Bakersfield. Because when I first heard your track, like your your like the the tone, the 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 raspiness of the voice, I was like I was like this this guy's from Bakersfield too, but it's you're not. I know. But you still have that. I mean, I don't want to label your sound the Bakersfield sound, but. It's still it's still reminiscent of that, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, Springsteen was trying to make those country records a little bit, you know, with Nebraska and and um, and um, some of the '90s stuff, the late '80s, early '90s stuff. That I, I love uh, I, I love Nebraska. Listen to it when I get. I have to be in a mood to listen to Nebraska. Oh, I just listen to it. <laughs> I, I have to be in a mood to listen to Nebraska. Nebraska is my mood. <laughs> Really? Oh man, I love I love Nebraska. Um, but I I love um Tunnel of Love is my favorite Springsteen album. I have been trying so hard to fall in love with that early 90s, late 80s, and I, I enjoy it, but it doesn't hit me like like the rising does. Like I, I love new Springsteen. Yeah, the the rising is great. The the rising um I don't have it on vinyl yet, but I recently the the my my most recent Springsteen vinyl purchase is uh, Ghost of Tom Joad. That's that's another part of this era that I don't I haven't it hasn't like really me across the face yet like how <laughs> Greetings did or Nebraska or um, the Rising or. Um, I absolutely love Devils and Dust. That's my oh that's, really that's one of my favorites. Um, I I was so fortunate enough to see Springsteen one night. I've seen him like some seven times. Um, I saw him I saw him in New York on Broadway. Fucking, I'm still paying off that credit card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I tried so hard. Um, I have a family member that works in the industry in the Broadway industry, and uh-huh. he can get tickets sometimes. But she cast her in for herself. Oh. Please, like, <laughs> please, please write a note. I would love to see this. And uh, she she got me tickets, and it was like the one week of the year that I was on tour. Or that month. 
like, and I needed to go on tour and I needed the money and it was a good support thing. And yeah. Yeah. I, like I almost canceled it to go. Yeah. But what I was going to say is uh, I saw Springsteen. Um, I think it was the Devils and Dust era. Saw him at the LA Sports Arena. Tom Morello came out and did Ghost of Tom Jode with him. Yeah. And then later on in the night, um, Mike Ness of Social Distortion of course, yeah. came out and they did that Social Distortion song. Uh, I can't even think of the title. Uh, I think they usually do Bad Luck together. That's right? what it's called. Bad Luck. Yes. They so do Bad Luck I together. I went to a festival in New Jersey um, uh, called um, See Here Now. I do a lot of merch work for festivals. I work for uh, one company in particular called The Bright Pursuit. And um, last year, two years ago, Social, Social D was a headliner one night and uh, they brought up Bruce for three, he played almost the whole set, like a good 45 minutes of the hour and 15 set. He was just up there ripping. It was wow. so cool. Yeah, because that's the, like when, when you strip down the, when when you take everything away from Springsteen, when you take away the Americana and the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, dude, he's a fucking, he's a bar band. Like he, like he shreds. Like this is, this is what he does. Yeah. It's unnatural how phenomenal he is yeah yeah and how so you've always kind of been like in the industry and like working for other people like like you said you, you did you did merch you did you did yeah you, I, I started sort of going on the road at like 15 16 with bands local wow. bands that would like go to chicago and back mm -hmm. and like you know do friday saturday sunday get back for work okay okay and what, so what doing that young um and then I, I mean, I was always in bands, but they nothing hit until I was like maybe 18, 19. Um, and that's when we started really touring and touring and touring. And then mm -hmm. from there, I've always been on the road, like at least 150, 200 shows a year. So you, what, what's it like to finally like take all of that knowledge, all of that experience and put the Revolution Vintage brand on it instead of somebody else's brand on it and seeing like you it's, know what i'm saying it's pretty cool it's pretty cool to i've been on a couple of really phenomenal diy indie labels and uh -huh. uh, panic state records and say 10 records in particular stomp records as well they're a subsidiary though uh they have major label funding um and i'm so grateful that we can do that for bands like Nine Fingers or um, this gentleman called Jeremy White from Virginia, where I can give them exactly what these little labels gave me when I started. I, when I was 18, 19, first record, like, and because I, I, I don't know everything, but I know some, a little bit of, a little bit of something, you know, um, I can help guide these guys and um, just give them a little, little tips to, 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 remember for down the road you know right and it seems that like what, what you're bringing that to the table and then what beth is bringing to the table is like the fans perspective right of like this is what we would want and this is how we would like to see it yeah um i think that's both of us really though because what we want or what we want to see what we want to hear because we're just all music nerds at this point like, yeah, let's let's just quote Chris Borbon and like we just like music, man. Yeah, yeah we just like that's, we just that's like music. all I know. You know, yeah, that's literally everything I've done in my life is all based on me. The shop itself is based around music and the fashion that I loved seeing these bands and stuff. And even the name Revolution Vintage comes from the T-Rex song Children of the Revolution, you know? Yeah, it's like, it's super cool. And I, I love your guys' merch. Um, I thank thank you for sending me these these really cool stickers. Yeah, I have one on my fridge. I have one on my laptop, and I have like three just like as a backup. But I don't the place. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do with them. Uh, I have a bunch of uh, my own uh, swag and merch because I I do comedy and I produce uh, I produce comedy and produce improv shows. Um, I do cool. my own comedy, so I, I have some swag I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you guys just yeah, as, like, as, as, as a thank you because uh because I grew up that kid reading Rolling Stone magazine going to shows you know trying to buy a t-shirt or trying to find a button and a pin so like now like I take that that pride and care 
when I'm doing like my own, my own, uh, my own merch and my own, my own marketing. Uh, this is, I'm wearing a, a shirt of my friends, uh, their sketch comedies team, the love horrors. And like, even these, like, like this logo was designed by a local guy in Sacramento. The t-shirts are printed by a local company here in Sacramento. So um, I, I'm doing everything that I can uh, DIY myself. Mm -hmm. And because like, like, you know, we grew up, we didn't, we didn't grow up in a fancy town like LA or, or like Fort Lauderdale, Florida, right? We grew up in Jersey and we grew up in Bakersfield and we grew up like this, this is how we did it, right? Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, 100%. guys, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys and, yeah, and I'm, fun. I'm so excited to have like cross paths with you guys. And, and I'm glad yeah. that, um, that, Cause I, just like with everything, like I thought about messaging you guys for about six weeks before I finally, thought, <laughs> but, but then like, I didn't, I didn't want to talk to you guys until I knew enough to have a good conversation with you guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I wanted this conversation and it, I, I really felt like we had a really great conversation today. Oh yeah. That's and we, we talked about, I, I, you know, so, another one, just me and you for Springsteen. We'll just <laughs> Dude, eight but, to 10 hours. Do you think we need to talk about Springsteen? <laughs> we could do like an album at a time. <laughs> um, I could probably talk about some of those records for three or four hours. I could definitely, my, my absolute all time favorite Bruce Springsteen song is Backstreet's. Oh, I, I could, I can fucking listen to that song over and over and over. And like, like just the, the friendship that he describes in that and like trying to learn how to walk like the heroes we thought we had to be. God that's, damn. Mm-hmm. That is such a great lyric, you know? Like yeah, just one of the best. Yeah, I absolutely love Springsteen. Um, yeah, a, a name I wrote down earlier because when we were talking about all the all the Bakersfield greats, um, I wrote down Mark DeLeon uh, just because <laughs> I felt that, that he, his name should be mentioned. <laughs> just... Just yeah. If we were mentioning all these other guys, and we were, and we talked about 18th Street, like I just felt that um, uh, I don't have any Mark Dillion tattoos, but I did get this Depeche Mode tattoo. At, yeah. I did get this done at Mad Dog Tattoo. Um, Billy Billy Vaughn from Swag Six 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 did this one. Um, George Quick Jr. did this one. Oh yeah, I have some George Quick. Um, Aaron Flores did this one. Um, so I, I got Bakersfield like in my blood and, and on me, man. So yeah. um, I, it's it's been great ch- chatting with you guys. Uh, best of luck with you. everything you do. Um, please reach out to the guys from Gramercy Riff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would love to, to listen to that. I, I recently found uh, a Gramercy Riff live at Jerry's uh, video, and it's about 19 minutes long, and it is it's perfection. It's perfection. Yeah, and there's it. there's also some Gramercy Riff live at the Silver Fox uh, floating oh, around yeah. on YouTube. And the, the, yeah, the Silver Fox was great. Yeah. Man. <laughs> God, I miss that place. So so many great shows, and like you know, you'd be you'd be watching the show, and like somebody hits you in the back with a cue stick, because like somebody's still trying to play pool. <laughs> while the set's going on but okay let me say goodbye for the third time <laughs> <laughs> like i said we can go more hours we talk <laughs> yeah yeah it's been great talking with you guys i cannot wait to hold that mission tonight and to play it and wake up the neighbors on a saturday morning <laughs> and uh i can't wait to to rock my revolution vintage uh tote and uh, just good luck to you guys, and, and we'll, we'll we'll definitely keep in touch. Um, I'll be in. Thank you for I'll be in, us. I'll be in town in uh, in December, and I'll, I'll definitely swing by Please. the shop. Yeah. Coffee. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, guys. Uh, love you guys. Take care, man. Good luck with everything. Thank you so much. All right. Peace out, man. Bye. Bye. See you.